Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. If you like talent, you're in the right place. I'm your co-host, Damian Parson, with my guy, Keith Sanchez. Welcome back to another episode of the Talent Factor Podcast. Keith, what's going on, baby? Mic check, mic check. My mic is hot, so you know it's time to talk some football, DP. Uh, man, slated today we have some some Big Ten, right? Like last week we did the SEC rankings as far as who's going to come out of the East, who's going to come out of the West, and ultimately who's going to win it, right? But this week we're going to go with the Big Ten. They're, they're making some noise as far as they picked up um, two powerful teams from the Pac-12, right, with USC and UCLA. And when I went through the rankings, I kind of came across this topic first. And it was the fact of I looked at the two divisions and I noticed how unbalanced they were as far as perennial powers, as far as football, as far as, you know, programs with, I guess you could say, prominence and that people kind of gravitate to. So in, in one division, you have Ohio State, you have Michigan State, you have Penn State, you have Michigan in one division. Then on the other side, you have Wisconsin, you have you have Purdue, you have Nebraska. And I'm like, this is really uneven as far as, you know, just, I guess, TV viewership. And when you, the big picture thing is, is that when you bring it to a Big Ten championship game, right? Like I would think in my mind that an Ohio State versus Penn State matchup would bring in a lot more money versus Ohio State versus Wisconsin, right? Just as far as the prominence of of the program and what people relate to. So I I came across that and I wanted to get your opinion on it and see how you felt about it. No, listen, when when you brought this topic up to me and and we looked at it, you brought it to light because I wasn't aware of this, Keith. I did not (laughs) know it was this uneven and the, 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 the term balance of power is so heavily tilted to the East, like, you know what I'm saying? So you got, like you said, you have the Ohio State, you have Michigan and Michigan State and Penn State, even Maryland being a good team. Then you got Wisconsin and what, Iowa? Like, that's it. Like, I prefer not to see Michigan versus Iowa in the Big Ten Championship, right? I, that's just what I prefer. not. To, and because from a money standpoint, it just doesn't make sense. But, but Keith, before I continue, when we talk about money real quick, it's a great segue into just shouting out our guys over at Bet Online as they are the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting props and futures head to bet online today or use your mobile to mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet use our promo code believe 50 to receive 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts but as as, as to my point like it's talking about money it it it's just it's weird, like because I would think the the, the championship game you want to generate as many views as possible, Keith. I'm I if do, I'm a that, big that team fan, how sense, right? <laughs> how how enticing is it seeing an Iowa team that has lackluster QB play 
They have Iowa's that NFL team that's just a quarterback away, right? Yeah. That's that's Iowa. Iowa and Wisconsin are those NFL teams that we say every year they're just one quarterback away. If they can trade for Russell Wilson, man, the sky's the limit for this team. That's Iowa and Wisconsin. The other teams in in the on the opposite side in the East. They're t- typically teams that already have quarterbacks, right? This, those are the best quarterbacks situations. So, Keith, I listen, w- bringing in these two new teams is going to be very big because, in my, if I'm not mistaken, so each – but the, it's going to be weird, too, at the same time because, okay, it's, it's even. It's 7-7, seven and seven, right? You're bringing in U, U, UCLA and USC, which means you got to keep it even. So one team's still going to go to the East – Right. And, and what team's going to go to the West? So you only strengthen it by one. Uh, the, the West, uh, man, the West is uh, and, and, and the, the way that the Big Ten is going, they're probably going to put UCLA in a bracket with Minnesota and right. Wisconsin and then put USC on a bracket with Ohio State. Like, bro, um, like can we not? <laughs> I, I guess maybe it does two things. Maybe it guarantees matchups, right? You know for sure that Ohio State and Penn State and those teams – are going to play each other. Uh, but I agree with you. I, I, I think they're missing on the, the championship game. And that's something, <clears throat> going back to the SEC, that's something that the SEC always hits on, right? Like people say that, man, the SEC championship is kind of like a, a mini national championship or as a preview to the championship because there's always two good perennial teams. And the Big Ten has the teams, right? They have the the team that have the notoriety um, as far as, you know, when you see that logo, you know exactly what team that is. So they have that. They just have to fix it. But I'll tell you this. I thought about something. Because mm-hmm. we didn't get to talk about the Big Ten realignment, right? And their their commissioner uh, talked about possibly adding teams in the future. And so this is what I thought, because he said that, you know, they were going to add more, um, you know, possibly more teams from the Pac-12. Do you have your teams in, in the, uh, you know, regular with the, uh, you know, Big Ten alignment? So this is what I thought. I'm like, what if they add probably – you know, four, maybe six teams, however the math works out. And what they do is they have a Big Ten North, the Big Ten South, the Big Ten East, and the Big Ten West, similar to how the NFL approaches NFC, AFC, and then having four divisions. So I'm like, that would probably be the best approach, you know, because now you have Penn State as far as they're in the Big Ten East, right? And then you get Ohio State and Michigan allowed them to play each other. And then the Big Ten North, you have the Big Ten West if you add, if you you have USC, UCLA, if you add Oregon and maybe Washington, right? And then, you know, the South, I don't know where they're going to get those from, but, you know, they'll have to figure something out. But I said, I was like, maybe big picture wise, this is where they're trying to go with it, you know, by adding all of those teams. But this, this, the way this is currently aligned um, just doesn't match up. It doesn't match up at all. And for the sake of this podcast, it's going to make one division that we talk about way more interesting than the other. So this is what we'll do. We'll start with the quote-unquote less interesting side first. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Ten, the Big Ten West, right? And, and so that's Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Purdue, Nebraska, Illinois, and Northwestern. Um, not a lot of star power, not a lot of star power, some offensive linemen, right? A couple, couple yeah. offensive linemen, maybe Court a fed offensive lineman, man. Uh, running a football is, is, is on, is in this division, right? So I would like to get your takes on, you know, after we did our scouting and you're able to kind of put everything together, know how these teams are structured. 
who do you see coming out of the Big Ten West? Man, I mean, you know, the top two teams in, in that, you know, Wisconsin and Iowa are there because they are the most complete teams, right? Like, they have the offensive line. They have defensive uh, talent on all three levels. Uh, you know, the main <laughs> which is the story of this of this uh, division, the quarterback play is very – Subpar. Let's put it like that. To put it in, in the best best way to put it, right? Like That's you know, you got Graham. Yeah, saying nice. You got Graham Mertz. Uh, you know who's who's okay. He's a solid quarterback. You got Spencer Petras, and you know it's just it's it's not the court. It's not what you want for people who love quarterback play. These are the two teams you want to watch. I'm just going to put that out there to you right now. You do, you, you don't want to go ahead and turn the turn this game on and expect 45 points and high octane offense. You're going to see a lot of physicality, a lot of run game. This these are two teams who are going to play in more of 25 point games like it's 25 yeah. 21 type situation which in the nfl that sounds good in college football is like man that's a really low scoring game that's, <laughs> like, a, low scoring game. that's a low scoring game so uh, when, when i look at this conference man for me i think i think wisconsin's probably going to stay at the top because I, I feel like with them for one they have the best running game in that division i'm not gonna say running back because they're the best running back isn't Braylon Allen? Sorry, folks, for the ones who are Braylon Allen fans, it's Tra- it's Trevion Henderson on the other side of the uh, of the conference. But we'll get to him in a little bit. But you have a dominant run game with him and Chaz Malusi and Braylon Allen is a six what six two two hundred forty pound former linebacker playing running backs and he, and he runs the ball like it. So you're going to give him and, and Chaz a lot of burn in terms of handing the ball off and play action football. Then their defensive line, Keanu Benton and those boys are stout you know we just saw leo chanel and i think jack sanburn get drafted two physical big you know two big physical linebackers who can make plays especially downhill and their secondaries are pretty pretty good especially on the college level as well now don't get me wrong for the receivers that they see they're not tested a ton with the passing game but in terms of skill set they're they're talented so i think these will be the top two teams minnesota they lost their i believe they lost their quarterback if I'm not mistaken, I was uh, I think the quarterback went to the draft. So yeah. they have Muhammad Abraham. Oh yeah, uh, no, actually Tandem. Tandem sorry, Tandem Morgan is back. He's uh, he's coming back healthy as well as Muhammad Abraham. So and they're going to reunite with their their head their offensive coordinator. So they do have continuity on the offensive side. Defensively, they lost some pieces on the D line, right? Boy Mafe and. I'm not even going to dare to try to pronounce his, his his teammate's name. That went to, I'm not even. I'm not going to do it. But that that's that's big. They lose a lot. They lost some really key players, some high end players defensively. So I'm gonna stick with the top two guys. I think Wisconsin's going to be the, the team to pull it out. I think they have the most talented roster out of the, out of the, uh, the the top two and top three. So I think it's going to be Wisconsin's going to pull out this. Um, I would say black and blue division because it's going to be a lot of hitting, a lot of physicality. Yeah, no, nah, 100%. Man, uh, you didn't give any love to the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Uh, you know, our CEO is an alumni of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. There, there was no, Sorry, no Paige. Corn... <laughs> there was no Cornhusker love in that. Uh, but no, for me, man, this this was tough uh, because it's, 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 it's not much – it's not much – 
offensive star power. So you almost have to lean on, okay, who has the best run game? Um, and that, and that's, that's Wisconsin. Out of this division, Wisconsin has the best run game. And I think looking at the other teams, they've probably been the most consistent, right? Like Iowa flashes here and there. Nebraska might have a good year once every 10 years. Um, you know, Minnesota, they had a, they had a decent year. They had, they had some NFL draft worthy players, but Illinois and Northwestern, you know, they, they're, they're just not there right now. So I'm going to go with Wisconsin also out of the West. Um, let's see if they can score some points. I think that's, that, that's what this will be up to is that what, what team can become more dynamic than just running, 21 22 personnel and they can kind of get in some 11 personnel some 10 personnel and you know kind of spread that thing around and and that's what kind of had me thinking okay which one of these teams has the potential to do that and the only team that I can kind of see is maybe Nebraska and the only reason I'll say that is because of this they got a transfer quarterback in Casey Thompson from Texas and he's a dual threat guy. He has experience playing high level football. So maybe he can bring in a different dynamic. Then also they brought in a former LSU player, a wide receiver, a guy that's super fast, can can stretch the field vertically. So maybe there'll be a little something there. But um, you know, that's 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 a steady beating heart, a wish, and a prayer um, <laughs> for 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 me. So I'm gonna stay with Wisconsin out of the West, but. Now we're about to transition to the East. We get to get to the East now, and we get to have some fun, right? Now we get to talk about some 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 versatile football. We get to talk about some wide receivers. We get to talk about some quarterbacks. Um, so in the SEC, I mean, I'm sorry, the SEC East, the Big Ten East, you have Indiana at the bottom. You have Rutgers at six, Maryland at five, Michigan State at four, Penn State at three. Michigan at two and Ohio State at number one. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. But um, go through and give me your synopsis of the the Big Ten East and how do you see that thing playing out? Man, this is a a very interesting just division, man, because, you know, you look at Maryland and and they got Tulia Tungavaloa. They brought in Florida transfer uh, Jacob Copeland to go with Dante Demas and Raheem Jarrett. That's a good wide receiver trio right there. And, you know, they got one of our, you know, one of our guys that we've stumbled upon this spring and this summer, Jalen Duncan, at the at the tackle position. They have a good run game or a good a young running back back there as well. So it's like, you know, that Derek and Mike Loxley as, as an offensive mind is he's going to he's going to dial it up. Right. He's going to dial it up. We, we've seen what he can do with weapons when he was at Alabama, Keith. Like we know that he can call explosive plays and for the offense. And he has some weapons to do just that. Right. Michigan State. You know, this is a team that re, like we talked about it. You know, this this past spring, teams are using the transfer portal as free agency to rebuild their rosters, and Michigan State did that. They weren't on anybody's radar coming into last season, but you yeah. get that Kenneth Walker transfer, and it shifts gears for your program, right? So this year, you know, they have Peyton Thorne returning, Jaden Reed, uh, and they brought in a. a I can't remember the, the running back's name, but they, they have another running back coming in through the transfer portal. He's not Kenneth Walker, ladies and gentlemen, so I'm not going to even <laughs> go there. He's not Kenneth Walker, but he is a good, solid running back. So they're going to be able to do that. Then they do play uh, tough defense uh, over at Michigan State. Penn State, you know, 
Mitchell Tinsley transferring over, and they can run the ball. They typically have a good offensive line. The main thing with them is, man, replacing the athletes that they had on the defensive side of the ball, man. I agree. You know, they you know, they lost some dudes. They had some dudes last year. Man, Arnold Epichetti, Brandon Smith, like they lost some some guys. Three Castro Fields going to the league, and Jaquan mm-hmm. Brisker, and Jesse Lucetta. Jesse Lucetta, you know, uh, you know, one of our uh, TDN, you know, draft legends that we show a lot of love to, man. Like you lost not just some dudes, but some dudes in the locker room, some some leaders. When you going into those tough games, can keep the young guys level headed, right? So like you lose that, and it's going to be big now. Offense, and then of course, offensively they lost their best their best player, Jahan Donson. But shout yeah. out to Parker Washington because he's gonna. We expect him to to step into that role as the the, the guy that they want to funnel and run the passing game through. And then you jump to Michigan, man. Michigan to, and you know how I feel about it. I said it on, oh, you know, I said it before, man. Like Michigan has the weapons, Keith, to where if the quarterback play matches, they to me they can go toe to toe offensively with anyone in the country. Like you got a dynamic duo with Edwards and Corum in the backfield. You have Cornelius Johnson and, and Roman Wilson, who's a four, three, seven, just blazer, right? You got, uh, you got bell coming back and you got two tight ends, two pro tight ends, man. Good offensive line, Keith. They got everything they need on offense. But the reason why they're at number two is because there's no direction of where this quarterback thing is going. Keith. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Kate, I'm, I'm Kate McNamara, he, he he's a he, he's a game manager. He gets the job done. But Keith, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, it, it, you can pass with a C, right? You can pass. Yeah, it's passing. He's passing, right? But to win a national championship, you need a B plus to an A or higher, right? Like you, you don't need to go into a game where teams are like, hey, we're gonna stop the run game. And we know that's it, right? And that's kind of what that Michigan offense looked like last year with K that quarterback, which we saw when Georgia saw them in the in in the playoffs. So that's why Ohio State's at one. They have a litany of five of five star receivers, you know, in their receiving room. They got the best quarterback arguably in the nation right now in CJ Stroud. Good offensive lineman. They got a really good running back group. And they have some young defenders off on the defensive side of the ball that's gonna that's gonna be getting, you know, that ex- experience and take that next step forward for them. So I'm not surprised they're at number one and still yet they are the team to beat, Keith. Yeah, no, I I, <clears throat> I think you did a good job of going through everybody's roster, right, and highlighting the playmakers. And, you know, if our listeners paid attention that how much longer you spent on the East than versus the West. Um, mm-hmm. that, that should let you know how they should reshuffle the deck as far as <laughs> conference alignment or, you know, just divisional alignment. Man, I, I this is tough because I, I'll say this, just in the evaluation process and then in the past years with college football and understanding programs who put out pro talent, one team that sticks out to me that was kind of unexpected to me at first, but Penn State. Like, I, I think they're underrated as far as a program. And people know Penn State. They're, they, they're, you know, they're a recognizable brand, but I don't think they get labeled as a NFL factory like they should. And 
I believe they are. Like they they put out a, a, a good bit of NFL talent. Like the, the most common thing and it's, you know, kind of something that's been associated with Penn State starting in the 70s and the 80s and stuff is like, you know, producing good linebackers, right? But there's so much more than that now, especially under James Franklin. They go get dynamic playmakers, um, you know, on the offensive side of the football. When we talk about a Saquon Barkley, um, you know, pass wide receivers they had in the past, Jahan Dotson, Parker Walsh. Washington. They just go get football players. Um, what Miles Sanders came from Penn State, I believe. So you know they they get high high caliber football players that is really something to appreciate. So Penn State, I, I think is a is a dark horse team for me. I agree with you. They lost a lot defensively. That is hard to just kind of make up for that and, and throw those guys right back into the fray. I believe they have a transfer um, defensive end from Maryland coming in there that I remember was a highly touted guy, five-star kid. I think his name is Des Moines Robinson, and he was a highly talented football player. So maybe he can make some impact plays. They'll have Joey Porter at corner. Obviously, the son of, you know, Joey Porter, Joey Porter the Steelers linebacker. But I'm not sure if that's going to be enough to overtake um, who I have at number one is Ohio State. I mean, it's, it's just too much. Like you said, it's just way too much offensive firepower. You, you know, you you everybody's going to be focused on JSN as, at the wide receiver position, and then you know what they're going to do? They're going to slide Marvin Harrison Jr. out there, and next thing you know, he's going to have 12, 15 touchdowns next year. We all know about T. Henderson. He's going to tote the rock. C.J. Straw is going to be spread. He's going to see it. He can throw make throws at all levels of the, of the field. What will be interesting for me, and I will say this, DP, mm-hmm. how much is this defense for Ohio State going to improve? Because it's been a, a, a issue, or let's say this, they haven't operated at the caliber that they should operate at over the past couple of years with how talented or how well they recruit. So I think that'll be interesting because, like you said, this may be offensively, and I'm trying to compare this year to last year, this year might be the most talented Michigan offense we've seen in a couple years, especially if they get that quarterback position figured out. I remember mm-hmm. when you said this, I think it was two pod, two podcasts ago, I'm sorry, and you mentioned Michigan, and I was like, uh, nah, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying in on that. <laughs> and then I actually I actually got to watch their roster and, and, and some of the receivers they have. Then I watched Blake Corum and the running back, and I'm like, they kind of have something. They, 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 they have a couple dudes. So um, it that matchup usually, you know, determines a lot. And so it'll be interesting to see if Michigan can go back-to-back years with ups, upsetting Ohio State. But they're going to have to do it via putting points on the board because you know Ohio State is going to score. So I'm going Ohio State out of the East. So that's that's both of us. We pretty much went chalk. We have Ohio State versus Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. And I, I just want our listeners to to kind of hit Ohio State versus Wisconsin, right? This could be Ohio State versus Penn State. Or what's wrong with you know doing Ohio State versus Michigan again, right? Like let's 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 try to aim for something like that. I, I predict that there will be some type of shakeup within the Big Ten alignment coming soon. But let's talk about championship game. What do we expect, and who do you have winning? So DP, go ahead and let me know what you're thinking. Man, you know. For Wisconsin to really have a chance, Keith, it's going to be really 
prevalent and really pivotal that the defensive line are able to legitimately control the line of scrimmage, right? I'm talking Isaiah Mullins and Keanu Benton. They rode this Johnson who's stepping in for uh, Matt Henning, uh, Henningson that uh, went to the NFL and Nick Herbig, like I said, trying to replace two starting linebackers as well with a junior and red shirt junior. And now, you know, having the cornerbacks to go up against the litany of receivers that they have in Ohio state, because offensively we know you're going to run the ball with Wisconsin. We know you have big cornbread fed country offensive linemen that are going to move the pile. <laughs> we know that. What can Graham Mertz do? What, what is right. he going to do with Skylar Bell and uh, Shamir Dyke and the young kid transfer, uh, Keontes Lewis and Marcus Allen, what are y'all going to do? What is the tight ends going to do? You know, like that's going to be the key. And I don't believe your defense is going to going to play well enough, right? Like it, they may start the game out with, with the emotion and the energy, but Keith, all that goes, you, you, you've coached, you've been on the sideline. That goes away yeah. probably about halfway through the first quarter. Like, you know what I'm saying? All yeah, that nah, emotion kind of seeps out, man. Nah, definitely. That that adrenaline runs out, and then you realize, oh, damn, I'm playing against a really good football player. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, that, that pregame music that you had, and you was turned up, and you was nodding your head, and look, you, you, don't, you don't play the game with your beat headphones on, right? And no. you get the kind of zone out. So now you're lining up mano y mano, and you realize, damn, this dude is good. Right, exactly, bro. Like NBA young boy is not gonna help Alexander Smith cover Marvin Harrison Jr. It's just not gonna happen. Like you gotta go out there and actually cover this man and slow him down. Julian uh Fleming and, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, Emeka you know, Emeka also the red shirt freshman. Yeah, man, it's just it's it's so it's so much firepower. I, I can't I can't do it. I'm going Ohio State and I think it's gonna be in a in a I think it's gonna be big. And so you you you're predicting a blowout? Yes, I think it's gonna be unwatchable football. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. All right, so I'm, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and go. Um, I agree with everything you said. I was about to try to come up with something and say, you know what? Let me figure out how could I get Wisconsin to where they can win this game. I can't think of anything. The only thing I could think of is, listen, if, if Ohio State don't show up to the game, then they have an opportunity. Uh, Wisconsin has an opportunity to win this game. I get it. You say, listen, we'll punch Ohio State in the mouth. and But still, with that style of offense, you're only scoring 25, 28 points a game. Like, like there, there's no dominant run game that's putting up 45 points because that's what you're going to need to be competitive with Ohio State. This offense is 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 too it's just too potent. There's too many different options as far as how they can beat you. Like that, and I don't think Wisconsin has a number three corner, a number four corner, a number, a third safety, a linebacker that can cover because that's what you're going to need to cover all of these weapons. You're going to need dudes, not just, okay, I have a good starting corner. You're going to need a, 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 you don't even need just a good starting second corner. You, Your third guy has to be a dude, right? Your third guy has to be an NFL caliber football player because that's what Ohio State has as their number three receiver, their number four receiver, and their number five receiver. So mm -hmm. I'm with you, man. I, I think it's Ohio State. I think it's Ohio State all the way. Um, and much like I say with the Alabama discussion, I, I think with Ohio State that this is – a stepping stone for where they, they ultimately want to be. And we can talk about Ohio State as a program. Um, when you think about the amount of 
a lack of amount of championships that they have won over the years, it's been disappointing when you think about how many NFL guys they've put in the league that have become high caliber football players. When you think about Michael Thomas and you think about the the Bosa brothers and Ezekiel Elliott, when he was operating at a high level, you had Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. When you think about Von Bell, um, you know, you, you think about all these corners, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, Gary and Conley, and you could just keep going on and on as far as how many talented football players they put in the NFL, but it hasn't resulted in championships. So, I, I think the the Ohio State is going to be judged on will they win a national championship this year? No, hundred percent. And the 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 other que- the question I wanted to ask to close it out, Keith, when we talk about the expansion, not just you know we talk about SEC and Big Ten, like it's 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 weird to think about these conferences going potentially having ten teams in each division, you know. And what I was thinking about was like, man, so how are they going to handle, like, how, how does the college football schedule look like with these new conf- these super conferences, right? Do they extend the season, like, add a couple weeks, like, make it start earlier? You know what I'm saying? Like, do we see an extended season? Because it's like, okay, if right now they have four, what, 14 teams, seven on each side in the yeah. Big Ten. Bring, and then you're going to bring in, you know, I think I think it's next year, you're going to bring in UCLA and U, USC. USC. So that's going to go to, uh, you know, that's 16 teams. Well, if they, if they add – so they add two, two or three – two or four more, right? Like that pushes that number substantially higher. That's 20. So like, you that 18 yeah, 20. Yeah. Like so you're – that's a lot of teams for one conference. So it's like for me, it's like I'm thinking about like how do you handle that schedule – how do you handle scheduling? Do you, do you stop the non-conference stuff and all the cupcakes and, oh, yeah, I'm gonna play Southern New Hampshire or whatever school to just we gonna put Heisman numbers up on. Or do you make these teams say, okay, we're not gonna have you play against besides maybe a Michigan, Ohio State, but like you have teams literally exclusively playing just the teams in their division because the division is is, is so um so loaded in terms of actual the number of teams. Yeah, no, I agree with um I don't I thought of it. I don't have an answer for it because when you look at the NFL, the NFL plays a much longer schedule. That's how they're able to kind of continue to cycle these matchups to where you get a team from the the NFC North playing the AFC West, right? Like, and they shouldn't play each other, but they have. I mean, they just extended the schedule, right? They they play right. seventeen games now, so it's mu- it's much easier to run through a team every one or two years. Now, with the Big Ten, they're going to run into the trouble of, okay, if you put UCLA and USC on the opposite bracket, right, then how many times are you going to get that Ohio State and USC matchup in the regular season, right, which is going to bring on a TV dollar? So it's going to have to be some type of balance. If I was the commissioner, look, they, they don't like to say it, but we know it. Everything is about money. So go ahead and make the money moves and, and, and let it be what it's going to be as far as <clears throat> if you want to now make USC and Ohio State a rivalry game to where they have to play each other every year, then go ahead and do it. In the SEC, Florida and LSU, they're cross-divisional rivals, meaning that they're they're scheduled in 
every single year to play each other, even though they're in two different divisions. So maybe Big Ten goes that type of route to where they schedule in certain matchups, regardless of what happens, and then just kind of rotate everything else. But um, no, I'm with you. It'll be interesting to see because I think that's going to be pivotal um, for every conference, how they decide once they add these extra teams, how they're going to do with the matchups um, moving forward. 100%, 100%, man. So, like I said, all this change that we have in college football is really going to lead to some really interesting discussions and decisions from the higher powers uh, that be in college football. But, man, Keith, always, it's always fun to talk, man. And we, we've we built up our own content uh, from the beginning of this pod to now. But next yeah. week, brother, we got week zero. We are locked in. We have week we, zero. We get some college football going on. We get to give you all our, I wouldn't say live reaction. But very quick turnaround reaction to some very good matchups. Man, y'all been rocking with us thus far. So y'all know that we we know the game. We've studied the players. Um, so th- this is 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 a good spot to come if you're a true college football fan and you, you want to know about football players, matchups. And, uh, you know, we do it in an entertaining way. We're not trying to be all boring and, you know, bore you to death. So, man, we're going to have a good time. We're going to talk some college football. Tune into us every single week. For sure, for sure eloquently said brother but as always guys we want to give a quick shout out to our partners that have been online like we just said week zeros next week we got preseason NFL football make your bets go win you some money and tell them that the talent factor sent you alright you know the promo code so again as always find us on Apple Podcasts especially Spotify and the other major podcasting networks uh, subscribe like share leave us a five star review uh, we're going to have some stuff for you uh, you know what I'm saying start rewarding and some of the some of the, the the fans that have review give us reviews and going to give us reviews. I got we got some stuff in the works, guys. So stay tuned for us. As always, I'm your co-host Damian Parson with my guy Keith Sanchez and Keith. What's the slogan, baby? Remember, talent is always the factor. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.